Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and Happy New Year! This Happy is Year. another another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And we're looking at the New Year's Day special, Revolution of the Daleks. And here's my preface warning. You know, it's New Year's. I watched the episode with my family. I plan to watch it again. After I watched it with my family... I changed my mind and decided not to watch it again. Therefore, I took no notes. Therefore, I did my uh, summary from memory. Summary goes like this. That idiot from Arachnids in the UK is back, and with the aid of a corrupt politician with ambitions to be prime minister, steals the dead Dalek from a previous New Year's special, and with the help of a whiz kid, turns its design into an AI-powered security drone called Security Drone. What could possibly go wrong. The Doctor has been put in prison, but as every Doctor Who fan knows, the Doctor can trivially escape from any prison. Unless they don't. Captain Jack Harkness breaks her out of prison with trivial ease. Oh, Jack's back. On Earth, Yaz has a chronic obsession problem. Graham and Ryan have recognized the design of the new security drones and convince Yaz to help investigate. They confront that idiot from Arachnids in the UK, but get nowhere. The Doctor and Jack arrive, and everybody's all pissed at the Doctor for being gone for ten months. It's nice to know that the Doctor's so-called fam don't give one passing thought for the decades that the Doctor has just spent in prison. It's all about them, them, them. Meanwhile, Wizkid was a stupid Wizkid and cloned the Dalek creature from cells he found in the original casing. Of course, it turns him into a puppet. Luckily for the Dalek creature, a Dalek's entire memory are stored in every tiny little fragment of DNA. Because that's how memory works. With TARDIS magic, they discover Dalek DNA in Japan and one of that idiot from Arachnid in the UK's factory. So they go to visit both the idiot and his factory. He didn't even know about the factory because Daleks are clever. The factory is a clone farm for more Dalek creatures. Corrupt politician gets elected to be prime minister and deploys the security drones in the name of security to the cheers of all the citizens of the UK craving a little more fascism. It might be a bit awkward that the security drones look pretty much like the Daleks that invaded Earth a few years ago, but luckily no one remembers that and units apparently still disbanded. Doctor chats with Daleks creature and then, using a sun lamp, all the Daleks teleport, somehow, out into their waiting bodies and security drones become new generation Daleks and start killing everyone. Doctor calls the real Daleks to come kill the impure human-tainted Daleks, which they do because there's nothing the Daleks like more than a little ethnic cleansing. Idiot from Arachnids in the UK betrays the Doctor to the Daleks, but nothing comes of that. Impure Daleks are wiped out by the pure Daleks. Dalek spacecraft wiped out by Jack and the boys. 
Remaining Daleks destroyed in the most criminal fashion possible by destroying the last remaining good-looking TARDIS in the universe. Jack buggers off, Ryan buggers off, Graham buggers off. There's a little boo-hooing, and it's all over. The end. Um, well, what'd you think of, of Arachnids in the UK Part 2? Or, um, Revolution <laughs> of the Daleks? Well, there were no Arachnids in this one. It's Resolution of the Dalek Part 2. It could be that, too. Being a yeah. fairly direct sequel. Um, I guess the, the answer to this probably needs to be prefaced with the fact that I had really low expectations of this in terms of my enjoyment of it because I <laughs> think there are a lot okay. of elements that I knew were coming in this that are the kinds of things that I just don't particularly enjoy in a Doctor Who story. You know, it's the kind of, it's the kind of um, comic book political stuff where they have... Daleks on the steps of Downing Street and all this kind of thing and I oh I mean it's got Daleks in it that's another thing uh, it's got new yep. Daleks in it there's another thing uh, that that was all going to be stuff that didn't really do it for me but that said I found it quite an interesting one for a number of reasons and I got to admit I did quite enjoy it because there were more things in it than I, more things in it that I, that I do enjoy than I expected to see. Um, Captain Jack being, I guess, the exception. I knew he was going to be in it. I knew he was going to be fun because Captain Jack, you know. But yeah, it's 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 a funny, it's a funny kind of mishmash. There's there's some arc stuff in there because obviously it's picking up off the back of the Timeless Children and. It's the final story for Ryan and Graham, and so all of that kind of stuff's got to be in there. It's clearly a sequel to to Revolution, which I didn't, you know, Resolution. Sorry, Resolution, which I didn't, I didn't think was a particularly strong story in the first place. It's got, as you say, the guy from Arachnid in the <laughs> UK from it yeah. so you you're starting to pick up all of these kind of different bits and pieces from all over the shop and yet and and then of course you've got captain captain jack coming in and rescuing the doctor from the consequences of fugitive of the jadoon so it's a sequel to that story as well a sequel to quite a lot of stories in effect um so yeah, quite a quite a mixture of different things, quite a difficult balance to strike. And I don't think it's entirely successful in melding them all together, but what it does manage to do is pull together enough set pieces, character moments and nice little bits of dialogue to make it feel kind of like a pretty pretty satisfying New Year's Day treat even if that's partly only because it's been about a year since we actually had any Doctor Who. Well, a couple points to that. First, I'll put my cards on the table. Um, I didn't hate it, but I'm very dismissive of it. It was it was nothing um, to me. It was put, just... Put, 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 that, put that in context, because I, I think that that is probably what you would say about most recent Doctor Who. So is it better or, or worse? In some ways, it was less offensive than some of the egregiously awful stuff that we had in the last what, what, year. What do you find offensive? What In this? 
No, I don't. Well, in in in, in any of it, where what what causes you to take offence? So, for example, um, the one where plastic is bad, and we we're going to gouge everybody's eyes out with the message and the moral, or the one where the planet's going to be. Oh, so you you're destroyed. offended by the the kind of political I, ele- I, elements of it. I don't mind a political element. I don't like being bashed over the head by incompetently poor storytelling to get there. And I, it, that, but, but I think that's been my position all along is that it's too heavy handed and and then done poorly because it doesn't follow logically. And so this one didn't have any of that much. So therefore it was, yeah, it was just wasn't, it wasn't awful. It wasn't good. It wasn't, certainly wasn't, <clears throat> you know. And I'll tell you, we stopped halfway through it uh, when the doctor started whinging about not knowing who she was anymore. Um, we had to stop halfway through it, and I had to give a 10, 15-minute reminder course to my family who had completely and absolutely forgotten everything about the timeless child. The the, the resolution to the timeless children, the the, you know, any of that. Just all gone. Joe Martin, doctor, forgotten. Um, the the change in the doctor's history, forgotten. Um, all of it, gone. Like, And when I explained it to them, they still didn't remember it. So, um, <clears throat> and, and passionately explained it to them, I might add. And uh, <laughs> you explained it to them in the character of a silent <laughs> apparently uh, that is the you know actually to me that's the best thing that could have happened because if if my family and you know my daughter and my wife are both quite like doctor who uh if they can forget it then hopefully everyone else can too and when chibnall's gone <laughs> it'll be forgotten like the dalek invasion of earth um just a couple years ago uh, so you mean yeah the dalek not- invasion of earth that's in the future no, no, no. The the one at you mean the um, Battle of Canary Wharf? Yeah, or um, or the other one, the Battle of Canary Wharf, or the uh, one where they dragged all the planets around. Oh yes, yeah, all the big Dalek invasions of the entire planet. Yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, those yes. things that people. The are last forgetting. time the British Prime Minister was killed by a Dalek. Yes, yeah. when the last British Prime Minister was killed by a Dalek as well. You would think yeah. that would be the kind of thing you'd remember, um, but apparently not. So, um, I, yeah. So, I, so I, I, I must, I must say that I didn't think that I, w- I was a bit surprised, given that the Timeless Children was broadcast nine months before this episode. I couldn't remember. I had to pick your brains before this recording about certain details in the Timeless Children that actually had plot relevance in this story but which were given no, there wasn't even a recap or, well, there was no. a recap of sorts, but it was all about resolution and not really about some of the other things that are relevant to this episode. And there was no real explanation. I mean, at least when they bump into Robertson, they kind of remind each other who he is. That was the name. for the audience. Part of the problem with doing the recap from memory uh, is because I couldn't remember his name because it didn't care. But, uh, um, yeah, Robertson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, it, it, it was, I, it was, it was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to pick on it because like I say, it was just kind of inoffensive and to me. So 
but there were things about it that uh, I thought were, first off, I, you know, so the doctors escaped from this prison. The doctor was in a prison for decades. We got that much. We don't really know how long, but she said decades. And she didn't get out. And that's inconceivable. Just in Doctor Who lore. That's just, that's that. just, I, I, River could have gotten out of that freaking thing. So Jack could get out of that damn thing. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it, it just Jack isn't get into really, it, but he got out too. He got out because Jack. you brought something into it to get him out. And so it's partly about what you've got access to. Well, apparently the prison don't take your possessions away. So the doctor should have still had a Sonic. I, 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 it, none of that makes any sense. How do you know it the prison don't, don't take the possessions away? Because I was wondering about Jack still had the ball. Oh, but isn't there an implication of how he had concealed that? I think they check that in prisons. Um, but anyway, I'll I'll take your your superior, un, or maybe that's American prisons. The thing that the thing that I was wondering about their possessions is this. This may seem like. Well, it probably isn't a very major plot point, but I'm curious about it. The doctor in The Woman Who Fell to Earth mm-hmm. acquires her clothes slash uniform yep. from a charity shop in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. She's still wearing them at the end of The Timeless Children when she gets zapped by a teleporty thing yep. by the Jadoon into the prison at which point presumably they are taken away from her and she's given the the prison outfit that we see her in yeah in this episode which for her begins several decades later she then gets broken out of prison by jack and in the course of that jack has a vortex manipulator he takes her back to where her tardis is presumably still on the future earth and then they travel in their tardis back to sheffield and in between arriving in the tardis on the future earth and arriving in sheffield the doctor has reacquired her clothes which i thought were taken from her in the prison yep which are because she got them from a this is irrelevant to it being a charity shop in sheffield are presumably an ensemble that you could only really put together once and never mind never mind how she cleans the stuff and keeps it in good repair and still is always wearing the same thing. But surely in this case, there is no way that she could still have it. I think you're right there. I'm going to I'll pass away the hand wavium of once the doctor fixates on an outfit, then the TARDIS cranks them out in the wardrobe department. I don't know. You're oh, right. The, the, yeah. So, yeah, the wardrobe duplicator. Yeah. So you can. You I like can, this. When you when Give you discover a, a beautiful multi multicolored coat, then you can pop it in your wardrobe, and it automatically generates umpteen copies. Yeah, exactly. So however many get quote accidentally destroyed by your companions, you're still going to have a, a fresh one. Okay, but yeah, yeah. I, I, here's okay, where I'm going I'll buy with this. That. The doctor, the doctor is imprisoned in this prison that the that the doctor can't get out of, which again having trouble with but all right we'll take we'll go with it decades captain jack gets in takes him two decades to get her yes. back out he said 19 years to get her back out um they escape and 
so the Jadun are just going to put her back, right? She, so that doesn't mean she got off. That didn't mean she got out of these. Saying she's still the one to fugitive. So now, so now we're going to spend the rest the of first place. Doctor Who. Yeah, but it doesn't work like that in Doctor Who universe. <laughs> things that should yeah, take yes, forever, things that should take forever happen very quickly, and things that should happen very quickly take forever. And they're going to. Timey Why? This is. Yeah, this is going to be the. Either that or this was for no reason whatsoever. If this has I no do, ramifications, do, I, it has no reason whatsoever for doing this. I do not think. I do not think she's going to get put back in prison. So, so basically, this was. This I wrote was a cliffhanger, it. and I didn't have any way out of it. That it was. It was a pointless cliffhanger, and no, I resolved no, I th- it pointlessly. I think it, was a, I think it was a setup to to bring Jack in. I think it was a setup to do exactly what happened in this episode and nothing further. Wow, that wasn't um, much of a payoff. But, Okay. Well, I, 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 I don't. I mean, I, I quite liked the whole prison thing. But what I, what I would have enjoyed, because I, it's been a while since we've had some decent Captain Jack action, would be a little bit more of those nineteen years he spent breaking into the prison. I mean, I know it's Doctor Who, not Torchwood, but Captain Jack could have held a few scenes on his own as the lead character. And it would have been quite interesting seeing a bit more, and actually dramatically satisfying, seeing seeing a bit more of his ingenuity in getting in Smuggling. and breaking the Doctor out. Not that specifically, not. thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to then, see any of his ingenuity in smuggling. <laughs> but then that was, that was also true in Bad Wolf, you, you know. Yes, it was. Yeah, yes, it, it very much was. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, we got, we got that scene where he was talking with Rose. Um, sorry, not Rose. Uh, yes, that's her name. Yes. <laughs> uh, about, you know, missing the doctor and stuff. Um, so I mean, he had a, he had a big scene or two. Oh God. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not complaining. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed him in it. If I was just, if anything, you can't have too much Captain Jack basically. And while, while I was Torchwood proves that's not true, but all right. Well, okay. Um, yeah, we were we. That that's that's possible. But on the other hand, like a lot of people, I was thinking, God, this Captain Jack's good. Wouldn't it be nice if he had a spin-off? So, I, I don't know. Give give <laughs> yeah. Give us a new season of Torchwood. I don't. I I don't quite know how it's going to fit with the the new big finish seasons of Torchwood actually in the the ending where he goes off to see Gwen but um I I liked the sequences in particular that he had with Yaz and bearing in mind that I knew that Ryan and Graham were leaving because spoilers in the press Mm -hmm. I did and and you know while I mean we'll come we'll come to that but you know while I'm happy to for the doctor to travel with Yaz now because I kind of think less is more when you've had the 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 fam for a while and I think we need a change but even even Mm. thinking it you know let's bring the focus down so that we can actually have a companion who gets some development you know there's 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 time to actually go into Yaz's story a bit I was partly thinking oh yeah but couldn't we just have Captain Jack along as well for a bit because I, th- I thought they were really good together. I, I, 
This is another problem that I that I see here is that the departure of Captain Jack doesn't really play very well. The 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 scale of this, I spent 19 years in prison to get you out to yeah, okay. Bye. Going to visit Gwen. Yeah, I mean, I know that's 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 pretty consistent with the um oh, I've forgotten the t- episode title. Is it it's not the it's the stolen earth and it's something like that yeah whatever the I one after remember. that is anyway the one after that where he leaves it's the, it's the same it's the same kind of thing i kind of but he had he had his friends at torchwood at that point he was he was he was part of torchwood he was the part of the team he was going back to that organization that he had friends with and was saving the earth here he's but just we going don't, off for we a don't, visit well we don't know because we as far as as far as the TV series is concerned, as far as any television series is concerned, we, we've had we've had Torchwood Miracle Day, at the end of which Torchwood is still a going concern, and then Torchwood doesn't get mentioned, as far as I remember, in anything after that. It doesn't come up in Fugitive of the Jadoon. We don't know how Jack has ended up on that stolen, crashing spaceship, and so. I guess it's not really clear what his trajectory has been. Mm. It 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 doesn't. I, I at this point, the way I they feel play that it, he, though, it just doesn't feel like he'd leave right away if he could. The doctor didn't kick him out. Now I can I've I can felt, solve it felt, this. It felt to, to me that it would go it, that could go either way. I, I I could solve this in a way that would make sense, but they wouldn't do it. But I sure thought they were going to for a minute in the episode. Is when that Dalek ship blew up. If Jack. Ray and Graham and idiot from Arachnids in the UK were all on the ship at the same time, and only Mister Immortal came out of that alive. I can definitely oh God, see the Doctor awful. not wanting to be reminded of Graham and Ryan's bits being blown all over space and Jack walking away. That wouldn't have been a very cheerful. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have been very cheerful. But um, you don't get to choose when you leave the Doctor. Sometimes it's when you're blown up with an immortal guy. I, I uh, <clears throat> yeah, it could happen, but I prefer it didn't. Well, the problem. Just saying, the, I thought they were going to do that. I really did, knowing that Ryan and Graham were going to leave, and knowing that they were going to blow up a ship, and knowing that Jack is immortal, and knowing that Yaz even went on and said, and you know, make sure you get off the ship before you blow it up. It's like, wow, they are signaling that one. <clears throat> but um, I'm, but it didn't I'm, happen. I'm. Because I th- because I think endings are important. And they color the way that you see all of the kind of previous episodes with those characters. I I am glad they didn't go there. But the uh, and I wasn't expecting that to happen. The only thing that did surprise me from a kind of construction of the episode point of view is the number of times in which and and given that we've talked about how this is a sequel to a number of different things. And that a lot of that wasn't explained. The number of times they did explain that Jack is immortal in this episode, I don't mm-hmm. understand why they didn't kill him. Yes. Because not not that he should have been killed at some point in the episode, just that you could have saved quite a bit of time taking all those explanations out because people... Yeah, do it once and... yeah. Pe- pe- people who already knew he was immortal, already knew he was immortal, they didn't need telling... And people who didn't know he was immortal, well, that's of no consequence that he's immortal because it has no bearing on the episode, so they didn't need telling mm-hmm. either. And that that could just have 
that could just as easily have been taken out. So I wasn't really clear why that was put in unless there is going to be another reappearance of Jack where it does play a part. Yeah. I think it's just bad, <clears throat> bad through line thinking. I do. There's so much in this that well, just, no, you don't it put just it doesn't in seem accident. to come of anything. You know, it, it just, I don't know. It, everything seems inconsequential in this episode in the end. It could be that it could be that they had it in to serve a purpose that got cut and then they didn't go back and cut it. Wow. Even that would surprise me. But I mean, you don't put it in for no reason. That's why I said it seemed like they were setting him up for he's got to go with that Talek ship. And well, I wasn't sure that I mean, that that didn't it didn't occur to me that would be the point at which he he got. Well, there was the point when the Dalek jumped him. I thought he was going to die there. I thought he was going to die there. Yes. Yeah, I yes. thought that until was another be the one moment. jumped Yaz. Yeah, <clears throat> and then uh, so that was that was the first one. In fact, I even said that. <laughs> I, 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 as as the Dalek started creeping, I go, Jack's about to die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Just no, I, I thought that, and and you know, if if there had been an original version of the script where that happened, and then that got rewritten but they didn't go and rewrite the previous mentions of his immortality i could i could certainly believe that Mm. yeah um i want you to cast your mind back to maybe the first second episodes of 13th doctor's uh reign and and thinking about the companions at that time do you remember I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this correctly. Do you remember who we thought was the uh, the 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 companion with the the greatest potential? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, competent, uh, 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 intelligent, uh, independent, capable of capable of functioning uh, on her on her own. And and here we have a sad, pathetic, uh, whiny, self selfish. Uh, they they have destroyed this character, and the fact that this is the one they're keeping. The Doctor has. Okay, I, the I, do- whoever, yeah, whoever has. I'd still say it's Chibnall, but okay, the Doctor has ruined this character. Um, well, no, the, within not- within within the within the story, the it is it's what she's been shown, and and I I mean I think this works extremely well within the theme of this episode. It's what she's been shown and then has had taken away from her that has this effect on her. I don't think she's necessarily selfish, but she has become quite single-minded. She, she, essentially, she has the obsession has remained with her for 10 months, whereas both Graham and Ryan have... They, they, they miss the Doctor, they would like the Doctor to be back... Certainly Graham is ready to travel with the Doctor again, but that doesn't mean it stopped them from carrying on with their lives. They grew into better people. In the Doctor's the absence or as a result of travelling with the Doctor? As a result of travelling with the Doctor. You know, yes. we, we look at this yes. thing where you leave the companion behind. What do they do? Do they go on to greatness because they've been shown their potential? They've been shown how wonderful the universe is? We, I think we all want that. Right, we all want to see Sarah Jane become the greatest journalist, and and see Ace become the head of a corporation that saves the world, and and you know all of these people. Romana goes off to be president of Gallifrey yes, we don't and want leads them to the greatest. Blown up in a Dalek ship. 
or you know, well, unless it's Adric, in which case, yeah, all right. Um, but you know, when the when a when a companion that you like leaves, you want them to go on and show that this has made a positive difference in their life. And what we've what we do have the opportunity here is that when Graham and and Ryan have been left behind, they have done that. <laughs> they have they have moved on, and they are thinking about saving the world, and they are patching up. Yes, hasn't their been parents. left behind. And, and Yaz has been obsessively yes, been falling left behind. So, and and that that is the difference. It's more of a kind of rose-like situation. The Yaz, the Doctor has sent her away, and then gone on to face a danger on her own, which Yaz thinks has either killed her or which she still needs to be rescued from, and that's her obsession. It's Ryan not, and Graham are in the exact same position. Yeah, but they're basically going, well, there's nothing we can do to help the Doctor, so shrug, you know, we're, we're just human Earth people. What can we do? Whereas Yaz believes that she can make a difference. She just needs to work out how. Hmm. <clears throat> it, it, it seems to me that Yaz has, has dropped into a state of depression and despair and obsession. That the, I, I don't think it's depression. Because she's clearly still very focused and active. So it's it's not depression and also not despair. She is clearly quite despondent. And I think the other aspect of it that obviously comes through quite strongly in this story is that she's in love with the Doctor. Right. So that clearly plays a part for her that doesn't necessarily affect Graham or Ryan in that way. Still, they have not they have not served Yaz well in the course of the story. Um I I don't uh, I don't know. I mean, did you watch this live or did you watch uh, it on replay? No, I was about 15 minutes behind. Did did they I, I'm I'm tiptoeing around this. Did you see the thing they showed after it? No. Have you managed to avoid spoilers about the thing that they showed after it? What was the thing they showed after it? It was like a little a little teaser of what's coming in the next something oh, right. coming in the next season. I thought well I thought there wasn't one because it just ends with the Doctor will return and obviously they've only, they. I don't even know if they've begun being able to film. Presumably they have if you're saying there's something They did there. not show, they did not show scenes, they did not show things that I assume are scenes from the next season, but they did film and shoot something where they revealed something, which I don't see that use any way you're going to avoid Go on then, hit me with it. I'll give you my reaction live on New, new companion. companion. John Bishop, comedian. Don't recognize him. Okay, okay. Got to say, I'm a bit disappointed about that. Yeah, I kind of figured you would be, especially based earlier. You said they winnowed it down to the, you know, <laughs> they got they're cutting the companions I, down. It's like, and they're bringing them right back up again. Not as many, to be well, fair. Well, I can see, I can see why they want to bring new blood in because I feel like. The last, I know a lot of people liked the last season better than the one before, and so I'm maybe not necessarily in the majority on this, but I, I kind of felt that they didn't take the existing companion team anywhere much in, no. in the last season. And it would be preferable if they were able to focus on the character development of then... You know, at least if if they haven't got the time, 
within the kind of one-off episodes to 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 do anything like that then okay let's use that time to develop one character a bit more so that's that's my thinking why i was pleased that it would be yaz and the doctor also i thought it'd be quite interesting to have a female tardis team for a bit i don't think we've had that before Mm, yeah they had to bring in a sort of i don't know how old the guy is um i would say he looked he made me immediately think of eric roberts as the master it was my immediate go oh yeah so he's kind of an older when i say older he must be past 40 white guy he's a comic he's a comic yeah northern i think sketch show or something yeah can't say i knowingly watched any of it i i i don't I knew nothing about him. I just, I I was, you know, after the thing was over and then I saw something. And then we, the first thing I saw was somebody's post that said, and then we saw the the new companion in the trailer that came after the episode. And I'm like, well, the one I saw did not have a trailer at the end of it. <laughs> so I checked, it's on YouTube and it it's it's nothing really, but it shows, you know, introducing John Bishop new companion kind of thing it's like 40 seconds long something like that um okay so well, you, I, they, they got something else coming next i will year. withhold judgment for when he actually yeah he might be something. great i don't know i i'm I, you know, i'm, I'm not Catherine down on Tate. that yeah i'm not down on that I'm, I'm not down on that because i am down on yaz at the moment but on the other hand we don't have a chance to rehabilitate her or maybe this is how we will rehabilitate her i don't know well, I don't know. I mean, you you can't tell what the new dynamic will be until it comes along. And to be honest, I really don't see why they couldn't have advanced Graham and, and Ryan and Yaz's stories in the last season, particularly if they had ditched a load of this, what has happened to Gallifrey, why is it all looking yeah. a bit shabby, kind of. Which worries angst. the heck out of me because we had the whole, we had that whole bit and it wasn't good last year. And I just... Well, I didn't enjoy I'm it. dreading, I'm dreading how we're going to spend the rest of the next year listening to the doctor whine about not knowing who she is. It's like, you are who you are. Well, the setup None for of this that changes was Ryan, anything. Ryan saying, you should go and find out about it. And I was thinking... Uh, yeah, no. I was thinking, no, Okay, no. how are you going to do that? How? I mean, this is the this is the main problem I have with the whole story from i don't want to rehash the timeless children we've probably discussed most of this already but it doesn't actually it's not clear to me what the dramatic value is of it so andrew cartmel's master plan and i i mean i i think andrew cartmel is a very interesting writer but i didn't necessarily fully subscribe to his master plan plan at least Mm -hmm. i understood why he was doing it because i could see that early on when there was all this mystery around the doctor it was a very different situation to the whole you know the doctor is a time lord from the planet of big shoulder pads and every time he goes back there's going to be some kind of bureaucratic mm-hmm. um nonsense to uh, unravel and it was kind of tedious but while it looks like Chibnall is trying to do something like that he actually doesn't do that he doesn't create mystery so there isn't really anything there to you know the well again we shall have to see what happens this year it feels to me like what happened in this episode was 
either that scene sets up the doctor going and exploring some of her pre That's whatever it would the... be pre pre Gallifrey lives or this has resolved it for her because she's answered the question, who am I? She's the but person But they're not pre-Gallifrey lives. That's the thing. Well, that's From what the, we've that's seen, the, 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 previous, the previous prior to this 13 is just more of the same. Flying around in the same broken TARDIS. No, no, no. The, 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 the mystery is where Are you talking about bef- where did she come from? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, seriously, that's well, the problem. Who cares? <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree that I agree that is the issue with it. But that is that is the point. That is that is the story. And because it's not an intrinsically interesting question in its own right, then potentially the, it it's set up for something else that is that's yet to come. And that's what what we have we will have to see. We'll have to suffer through, is my guess. But all right. Um, well, I don't know because it 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 might be that that, like I say, it might be that that has been resolved by answering the question, "Who is the doctor?" Mm, mm, yeah. Um, faith is not high, um, but you got to have faith in the writing team, and I I haven't got it. Haven't got it. Um. Anyway, speak. Let's 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 come back to this this particular story what else have we got um well the first thing that comes out of of um the way this episode opens is that the the action follows on directly from resolution which is the kind of typical typical i mean any of these stories actually have they have to result in a resolution where the doctor defeats the enemy and defeats them in a complete way, a con- you know, a complete and convincing way, so that you can have satisfying closure within the episode. And then what normally happens in Doctor Who is that they have a sequel because it was a good enemy, and it turns out that the enemy then just reappears with very little explanation or just a throwaway explanation at the beginning of the sequel episode. So, you know, yes, they got burnt in the fire in the last one boom okay turned out they're all right after all whereas in this you get quite a detailed and elaborate account of what happened afterwards and how it was that the daleks got resurrected again that that would be and and i i i'll ask this while we're right here on this moment when you talk about detailed explanation why 367 minutes later i don't I believe think that's there's the any significance to that yeah isn't that just kind of weird it seems like a plausible amount of time but i don't know why they wouldn't six hours six hours later do just as well i kind of think well, it's trying to be comical and i don't i don't i don't ah. know that i feel like they must be regretting those credits to be honest oh they were because... terrible they were hideous too the graphics were awful they put they put up that first one saying whatever it was a long time ago brackets 2019 so yeah. they're clearly explicitly stating this whole story in 2020 a story which you know they filmed nine months ago and which features a a politician coming to power and talking about the main issue of the day after a year in which the only well not the only, 
two. But, you know, the, <laughs> two the thing that's dominated the world has been the pandemic, which obviously doesn't get mentioned in this. Indeed, there is even some hugging, and you think, whoa. I yeah, and they could that. have had those the security drones could have been working customs at the border for Brexit. <laughs> well, yeah. And 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 the spe- the speech is unfortunate because she says quite explicitly there is only one issue that is really concerning. Yeah. And you kind of think, well, you you could you in normal times you could argue that your pet interest is the one issue that concerns everyone. But at the present it is actually true that there is only one issue that literally does concern everyone. And they have no way of predicting that that was going to happen, but they didn't have to set it in 2020 as explicitly as they did. So yeah, they could have I removed that. Yeah. Well, that's true. They, yeah, they could they have done, just they, removed the title. Yeah, could have done that at any point, couldn't they? Yep, be done. Yeah. So we get back to our... Uh, who writes this woman's speeches? Oh, wait, I think it's Chris Chibnall. Um, how many times did she use the word security in that, in that, hi, I'm the prime minister. I'm, I'm here for security. You voted me in because of security. I'm going to give you security in the bathroom, security in the the kitchen, security in our streets, security in your computers, security in the typical British political rhetoric, I'm afraid. I guess I'm getting used to Boris Johnson just sort of babbling incoherently without any <laughs> seeming through line but uh yeah um well even he does repeat certain when they when they decide something is a line then he does oh face space a and, number uh, of times is it face space and place well or? i no, i don't mean i don't mean like public service i mean like the political messaging oh. what they what they what they have a tendency to do is to put the message in repeatedly because they know that it's going to get clipped mm. and mm. they want to make sure it gets included in whatever clip gets taken. Not that, you know, not that that's particularly relevant to the story, but I did feel that it was a bit of a waste of Harriet Walter, who is one of my favourite actors, who I don't think has ever... Well, she's done a Doctor Who, but for Big Finish, which also rather wasted her, I thought this was not a great part no no i it I, felt I, a bit like it was just going through the motions well so jack robertson's character wasn't much of a part either jack robinson is that it no um yes uh, yeah i mean i i didn't particularly again chris noth i think i said at the time is a, is a is an actor who i was looking forward to his appearing in doctor who I didn't think that Jack Robertson was a great character at the time. I did kind of feel like he did better in this story in a way, purely in the sense of because if you're going to have just a walking caricature, at least give him some decent funny lines. And he, you know, the when they were, when they discovered that they were feeding liquidized humans to the, to the Daleks, he he was just like, oh, this is a PR disaster, which I thought was spot on. I'd say that was just one good line. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought he had a couple of others like that, but it it was it was it was it was very much 
you know, he he delivered it in a way that the the line was a convincing reaction for that character, even if that character hadn't got much else in the way of depth. And he delivered it in a way that was actually kind of quite believable. But I I generally felt it was not obvious what the motivation of this character was. He's too much of a pantomime villain. Mm-hmm. And I, I always find that a shame because I think the best villains are ones that have a coherent worldview that is obviously not necessarily fully aligned with what we might you know the 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 moral perspective that we might hold but nevertheless is something that they understand as being the right thing to do the best thing to do i mean i've been watching succession recently and Brian Cox's character you couldn't argue that he's not a monster but you could you can totally believe that everything that he does he believes in and he doesn't necessarily think that everything that he does is is nice or right or kind or whatever but well right maybe but but not necessarily nice or kind or in someone else's interest but he has values he has things that matter to him and it's not clear to me that you could actually say that about robertson you you can't say what his values are you can say that he likes money he would like to be president but you know that's that's not an end that's just a means to various other things and you don't really know what they are yeah yeah i was happy to see the back of him at the end of arachnids in the uk and i i don't think he really added anything to this story other than a a not even vaguely plausible manufacturing base. I would turn that around. I I would say that, I mean, I've said I don't like the kind of um, pantomime politics stuff. I know that probably a lot of viewers won't even register it, but the the Downing Street reveal of the security drone is just not credible. You, You never do that. You never do that there that's not the venue for giving that kind of speech that would have been done at the end of some kind of production line she would probably have been wearing a hard hat because that's the kind of image politicians like to give because what they're talking about is you know great jobs and uh yeah all the rest of that kind of thing they do it at the plant yep they would the the casual viewer probably doesn't care about that and and you know that what they're doing it for is the iconography not to make it seem authentic. Also, I've seen Downing Street. You know, not not like standing that close, but I've I've seen Number Ten, and I'm thinking everyone there from the press could see those Daleks long before they pulled yes. into view. Yes, because it's just on a street, and <laughs> yes, yeah, no, you 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 wouldn't you wouldn't do it that way. You just you wouldn't do it that way. But obviously, you know, part of it is to get that visual. Which, mm-hmm. you know, is a nice visual and they can include it in the trailers and everything. And part of it is so that you can then have Harriet Walter being exterminated on the steps of Downing Street. But I would I would argue that actually that is the redundant, unnecessary storyline. That you could make the Daleks just as threatening and worrying by having a private company having you know got got this inside information being able, be, being able to intercept the, da, the 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 and the dalek or the dalek shell the 
Mm. I'm disappointed no one said Mark III travel machine in the whole episode. But <laughs> yeah. ha- having, having got hold of that, then having developed their own private version of it, you don't need the political stuff. You, you know what would have been... I, I would have accepted... Yes, I agree. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what I would have been an interesting, to me, idea is the Dalek, the one remaining Dalek, instead of making a farm, he gets into the computer systems... And he reprograms the AI to be AI Dalek. Oh, that would have been good. I was assuming that the Daleks were going to... The Daleks in the vats who were in Osaka or somewhere... Yeah. ...were going to control the Mark III travel machines, which... Okay, I understand they're not going to refer to Mark III travel machines. They could have said Mark III security drones. That would have been a nice touch. but the, I and I did. I I'm, again, this was one of the things I liked about they 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 any story where they re-emphasize what the Daleks are. So, you know how, how what their biology is like and what their what their kind of worldview is like. That that always is worthwhile because it's something you can only do with a, a Dalek story or makes it a Dalek story. So. I liked having the Daleks being grown in the vats, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I liked all the stuff about Daleks valuing purity and so forth. But here you are with your Daleks in your vats in Osaka, and here you are with your—I can't even remember where her constituency is—but with, with your Dalek production line somewhere in England, mm-hmm. and specifically having pointed out these things can be remote controlled. I assumed. The, the remote controlling was going to be done by the Daleks in the vats. That too. But I prefer I prefer your thing. I prefer the reprogramming. That's that's. And I I tell you what else that would have fixed. There's again thinking about the authenticity of all of this. There's there's the I've forgotten the guy's name. Um, Leonard Leo. I think it's Leo. You're talking about Wizkid. The Wizkid. So there's a there's a startup company. Um, because you know the BBC wants to show how with it they are showing these things in their stories. There's a startup company who have taken this um, Zenotech and are doing a super duper new security drone with it, but we don't have the budget to actually represent the company, all the all the people working on it or whatever. So we've just got this one guy. Okay. Yeah. He can be he can be the face of it. He can be there in the meetings with Robertson because you know he would he would be take it back to his team. You you kind of keep all of them out of it, but you're still expecting him to do a lot of work because um, he's got to represent all of the different kinds of expertise. You 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 can't have some extra coming into the meeting and say, oh, this is this is my guy who does all of the kind of AI side of it, or this is my guy who's creating the water cannon that can be powered off a non-existent reservoir or whatever yep 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 well and solar power it turns out that in his spare time he can actually he's he's such a brilliant geneticist as well yes yes he can clone something from a tiny scrap of dna at which point you are kind of stretching the the how how far you can represent I think number credulity of is the different word you're people with, with a single character yeah yeah and <laughs> and if you and it so if you were to go down the, the route you'd suggest and say actually you just got the one dalek reprogramming all the ai oh no because you've still got to resurrect the dalek 
Yeah, no, okay, that didn't fix Somebody it. Somebody had to resurrect the Dalek, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, to, yeah. the mind. Dalek could have done it itself. Problem. I mean, all it needs yep. is some UV light. So if, if some of those cells had been left behind under a sun lamp while somebody was getting a tan, then it could have grown on its own. And it would have but had let's its be honest, memories because, you know, that's in the DNA. What would, have, what would actually have fixed this story would be forget the fact that the Dalek was comprehensively vanquished at the previous episode and just have a Dalek reappear because, you know, that's what normally happens. That's what they do with the Master as well. It's just let's not bother to explain how they got away yeah it doesn't matter and when you do it you create a whole bunch of plot holes that are much bigger than just oh well it got away <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um all right so we have the daleks uh the they're programmed with water cannons and smoke guns and apparently yes, the gosh. dalek got in and reprogram them in the factory so that they have now Dalek weapons, which I think it's interesting that, that the automated 3D printing can produce Dalek weapons. I have a, I have a small note about... Um, I don't see why the 3D printer couldn't produce Dalek weapons, and I guess that is... What worries that me does... is that we've still got that. What? They didn't destroy the factory. Oh, I see what you mean. Well, yeah, but any... I mean, if... It's the design, isn't it? Not the way... It, that's the point about 3D printing, that you can produce all sorts of things. It's the design, which is, you know, on the digital side, not the not what is created physically. The the funny... The, the implausible thing about it being 3D printed... I mean, I kind of think they were just going, wait, 3D printing is cool. Let's have 3D printing in this story. Yeah. Which... I can be on board with because I think 3D printing is cool. That's fine. Yeah. But it's not something that you use for production. It takes not yet. ages to print yes. anything. Right. It's what you use for things that you want to produce a relatively small number of, particularly if there are differences between each product that you are creating. Prototypes, yeah. Prototypes, maybe, or things that are customized and you know the the there is the a large number of customizations relative to the number you're producing that that factory that does not apply not... to these to these drones because they're producing a lot of exactly the same thing it's much better to tool up a proper production line and also you get to have more people working in the factory which that didn't look like it was creating many jobs there for that constituency well, yes. <laughs> although if you do employ people you've got to pay them so that's not necessarily Robertson's well, if you, if you employed the people, then they might have noticed the production differences. But yeah, it, it's yeah, that was um, and you know if it's three D. Here's another one: if it's three D printing them, we know Daleks are made from a special Dalekanium. Is it recreating that too, or are these this things Dal just ABS yeah, well, plastic? No, that well, I'm presuming it's not ABS <laughs> or some similar, but. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't think it's PLA either. I mean, <laughs> I'm assuming it's some sort of metal. What we know about this Dalek, as in the original from which they are all being developed, is it wasn't made of Dalekanium. It was made of Sheffield steel and any other bits of scrap it could get its hands on. But it would not have recreated itself from that. Well, but it's still not, it's still not going to be able to print Dalekanium because it's not going to be able to get... So therefore, these Daleks are much more vulnerable than yeah. 
than than a real than a real Dalek, as the the real Daleks would say, not a real Dalek, not a real Dalek. Yes, um, yes. So I and I I I have to say that is one of the things that I am going to give this episode enormous credit for because I was not looking forward to there being a load of other new Daleks. This was this was kind of like the victory of the Daleks feeling that mm-hmm. I had. The production team has gone, whoa, shiny new Daleks. We can have multicolored Daleks and that'll be great for the, um, this is me being cynical. It's probably not what they were thinking, but the merchandising arm who can now flog you a load of different varieties of Dalek in all these assorted colors. And of course, then by the time Asylum of the Daleks come around, they realize how unpopular they are and they go back to the, to the proper ones. But that's it's not necessarily the problem i have with it is that they are not as good as the originals although generally speaking they're probably not going to be it's that daleks are by their nature unchanging you can do this with cybermen because cybermen they are upgrading yeah. the point is they are spare parts right that's how they evolved into what they became whereas daleks are all about and this is obviously key in this story nothing changing purity is the thing and so they do make a point of that in the story and they and bless them they reintroduce the proper daleks first time we've seen them in the chibnall era hooray we've got proper daleks back and we've wiped out all of these annoying new daleks before the episode ends it's a kind of having your cake and eat it thing that they've been able to have new daleks and not ruin that but you know i'm i'm kind of okay with that because at the end of the day we've got proper daleks back in doctor who again okay so uh my other question is this in resolution and i only know this because there was a some sort of a mention of it in this episode there was something about uv light oh yeah the dark yeah. dalek did something uv with uv and then did this thingy thingy three. okay so I thought it had something to do with regrowing itself, but I I don't remember what it was. But in this, apparently, if you turn on enough sun lamps, Daleks can teleport by themselves? Well, the pieces teleported in Resolution, didn't they? Because it was in three different pieces. I don't remember. I remember nothing about it because it was not memorable either. <laughs> Just remember there was a cop with a Dalek on its back. I have to admit, I didn't rewatch Resolution of the Dalek. I didn't realise, so Resolution, I didn't realise how directly it was going to be a sequel to that story. I did rewatch Arachnids in the UK, and I did rewatch Fugitive of the Jadoon, which it had relatively little to do with, actually. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't tell you exactly how the teleporting occurred, but at the beginning of the episode, there's a bit of a spiel about how in ancient times, a, a Dalek scout came to Earth and the warring tribes all united and destroyed the Dalek and chopped it into three bits. Okay, yeah. And, it, and, and it's when they, when they somehow, and I can't remember what prompted either, but the, when they teleport back together, I'm assuming that was, some, that was where the, the UV light bit came from. I, you know, they, uh, they found one of them, obviously, one of the bits... There was a, some sort of a team doing stuff, and they found one of them. They must have exposed it to UV light. I'm not sure that I, well, I don't know. I'm not sure that I gleaned that it 
that it teleported the three parts that it could have just regrown them. But ultraviolet light activates the dormant creature, bringing it back to life. Yep, there you go. So how how they beamed out into their casings, uh, why it was so significant that it was UV light, uh, it just was like, why not just turn on the teleporter? Why do we have to do the whole bit with Yaz going, hey, the lights are changing in here. Oh, yeah, why is that important? I don't remember. Yeah, especially as you don't really need to go through all the different parts of the visible spectrum to get to it because you could just switch switch the Turn it on directly. Yeah. Assuming so. they got Philips Hue or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have never been able to get any UV out of my yeah my Philips Hue. <laughs> How do you know? You can't see it. Well, uh, they're LEDs for starters. I don't think those produce UV. Can you not? Can you not get UV out of LEDs? I didn't think so, but I suppose maybe a little. It's a good question. Let's see. What else have we got? Um, I guess we could talk a little bit about Ryan. Oh, yes. He he seemed to be a little... Um, I think he was done with it. Well, we thought he was done with it before. Yes. So he's more done with it. Okay. Is there anything more to say about that? Not really. I mean, I, I kind of... I don't dislike the the Ryan character arc. I, I, I felt that... He develops a bit from, yeah. you know, when we meet him in the woman who, the woman who fell to earth. But we not his bike skills, but yeah, yeah, we we learn a bit more about him. He learns a bit more about himself and the world, and comes back to Sheffield, and he is ready to stay. And I'm kind of fine with that. The discussion that we had as you mentioned way back when the fam were first introduced was about how Yaz had the most potential and Ryan was a bit of a, it wasn't really clear where he was going. So in a way it's hard for that to disappoint. Thought he was comic relief, but yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a little bit. I, I kind of felt that he. It's not going to be the female companion that trips and gets in trouble. It's going to be Ryan. That was his role. Well, Sorry, but it, but he he exceeded expectations, so I, yes. th I think he was better Absolutely. than that. The problem the problem was that there wasn't any any great expectation anyway, and so essentially he's gone through a minor development, but he's still an, a fairly forgettable character, who is more important, really, in story terms, for the fact that he is a foil for Graham, and he gives he's someone for Graham to care about. He the important thing is that he is a connection with Grace, but also Graham's, I think, genuine affection for him and the fact that he he believes in the importance of family and and being a good grandfather. And so Ryan's character is kind of there to fit with that. He has to be someone who it is a bit difficult to be a grandfather to. Yeah. And who Graham has to work a bit at to kind of... To win him over so i think in that sense graham has a much stronger arc and their arcs are are, are kind of intertwined yeah uh, i agree with that and and so turning to graham mm -hmm. i'm trying very hard <laughs> to think of something he did in this episode i think the problem with graham is that he hasn't really had any development at all in the last i mean not just the last episode but the last 13 episodes and so what was a character with 
great potential, I thought at the beginning, ended up kind of coasting. Well, they got all that growth out of the way at the end of the first year. I mean, they, yeah, got, but... they got everything for Ryan and, and Graham was basically done by the end of that. And then they became yes, they, yes, a they sort were... of fixed team that, that just was comfortable in its yes. place. Um, it need it needed it needed something new to work with the, 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 because there there is that line about how the reason that Graham travels with the Doctor is because he's grieving over Grace essentially and he needs time for the process of that that grief to be for him to work through it and that he finds it easier when I I mean I guess it's the distraction as much as anything else when he's traveling with the Doctor. But then he has been travelling with the Doctor for a time and obviously some of those things get worked out. You know, the the things to do with Grace, etc. get get um, worked out in... The one with the frog? The one with the frog on the chair, I want to say. It Takes You Away is the name of the episode. Um, so, 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 yeah, we, we, get, we get a good arc for Graham, but it finished 13 episodes ago. I have really, really, really enjoyed Bradley Walsh's performance in this. I, I mean, I think I said at the beginning how much I'd enjoyed him in Law and Order, which is the only other thing I've really seen him in. So I really rate him as an actor. But if you don't write something to give him to work with, then the the, the character's just going to grind to a halt, essentially. I've, that's kind of why I feel like, okay, I'm, I probably am done with Graham. I am not too distraught to see him leave and that that's not a reflection on Bradley Walsh who I think has been brilliant it's just they had a good story for him it worked really well while it was running but they've also shown that if they're not going to do anything with it then it's better to move on from that because there's no obvious way to go with the character they need something else for him so either they find that or they get rid of him yeah return of his cancer could could put some sort of an edge on his uh on his time you know he yes could, i mean he could in have a way had that and he could have been uh, of course now this trick to that would be that he would have to not tell the doctor that he's dying of it and then then there well could of be course yes sort of, of course you do that becomes quite yeah um, yeah you know slightly this sort of the cliche but it it would it would have been a, a viable storyline because it's it's introduction in the first place was always to do with the, the mortality and the, and the uh, you know the the big thing for Graham was the loss of the loss of Grace and dealing dealing with her death and so it would have been an interesting extension for that when he looked at you know his own imminent death it would also have been quite a heavy thing to do in what is supposed to be a lightweight kids show. I'm not saying they couldn't do it, but it would need to be handled carefully to make it not feel like every episode was a complete downer. Didn't they have a didn't they have a forgettable episode a while back that uh, cuz I can't remember it. Um I don't know, I had to have suicide prevention lines or something something broadcast in front of it behind it some mental oh it was the 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 yes yes you're right it was the one with oh what was his name it was called can you hear me right that is the name still can't remember anything about it isn't that the one where graham went back and thought he was dying again yes 
Yes. I've forgotten his name, um, but we talked about him, the actor. He he plays an immortal in that episode. Oh, right, right. Um, yeah. I don't remember why they had... Oh, it was because it was because the doctor couldn't talk about it. That's what it was. Graham wanted to talk about yes. his mortality, and the doctor was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not good with that. Go. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're fine doing downers. And that particular downer topic, too. I mean, kind of down. Well, no, I, I agree. I agree as a one-off. I, I just think you what you would have to do would you be you'd have to have an, a story arc. If you were going to have Graham facing his death, you would have to have a story arc that ended in his death. Yeah. I would have thought. And so if you did that running across a season, it would definitely overshadow the season. Now, I'm not saying you can't do it, but you've got to handle it well. To That's avoid true. Feeding no faith writing. in writing team. Got it. <laughs> it's like, I, it's not, I'm not saying I have no faith. I'm saying if you have, if you have a, an idea for a story, you need to make sure that you can make that idea work. If not, it might not be a good idea. Now, this is an idea that could work or could not work. It needs, it needs to be worked through. Yeah. No, I, I didn't mean to imply that you had no faith in the writing team. I, I was stating categorically, I have no faith in the writing team. That was, that was my... Well, I, it's not, I'm not saying I do have faith or don't have faith. I don't feel I need to put faith in anyone. I just, I'll watch what they do rather than treat it as a religion. <laughs> you got to have a certain amount of faith in it or you just can't come back week after week. Now that's, you I know. I kind of think I've got to the point with Doctor Who where it's hard to conceive of not coming back. But that's habit, right? That's, that's. It's partly habit. It's partly a kind of academic interest that even if I thought it was terrible, I would still want to know what they were doing. I mean, I don't know. Some some shows you get to the point that watching an episode is like fingers down a blackboard and I guess anything's possible. But uh, it's certainly, yeah, it's sustained me through some bad episodes of the show and that is across the board you know this is this is how i watch the web planet because it's doctor who and you can always find things that are interesting and which connect with other parts of it because it has this extraordinary longevity because it's just a single stitch in this enormous tapestry mm. um do, do, uh, I'll, I'll throw one thing out here and then i have nothing else like i said i didn't take any notes anyway so i'm having to Kind of, do you feel, I do, and obviously I mentioned it, that the whole bit about the doctor showing up and you've been gone 10 months, we're all upset with you about this, is, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean that the doctor should, should smack back and say, well, I, yeah, fine, I've been in prison for 70 years or whatever it, it happens to be. You know, there is, there is no interest at all on the part of the people when the doctor shows up as to whether she's all right or that whatever happened wasn't terrible or that it it you know there, there's zero it's all well, about not what the surprising. heck what the heck have you been hiding for 10 months <clears throat> kind of thing and i just i i feel like they missed that beat completely like not even a no. what happened to you nothing no, because I mean, I, I mean, I don't because I 
from a dramatic point of view, it's not interesting to us as viewers because we already know the answer to the question. And it's not something that... But it, like, informs, well, may, the, may, no, it may, informs the conversations that they have, like later on when Ryan and the doctor are talking about, that they're, it, uh, you know, if they're going to stop the beat... Not really. They're going to stop the show dead on while you're doing something and then yak, yak, yak about your feelings, then all those things should be on the table and they're not. And that's kind of... I'm, no, I, no, I, no I, I, I would say the opposite. I think, I think that that gives a more interesting edge to those scenes. I think from the point of view of why don't the characters say how, you know, were you all right or whatever, I guess, I guess you, I can understand why you might be surprised that they didn't, given that they have have been travelling with the Doctor for quite a long time. But most people's assumptions with the Doctor turning up after 10 months and quite cheerfully saying, and someone who is has faced all sorts of things, quite cheerfully saying, I've been in space jail, is that she'd been in space jail for 10 months because you have to actually start doing some thinking about time travel to remind yourself of the possibility that it could actually have been three days or it could have been 30 years mm. and and perhaps all the more so when you're in the middle of fighting a, a dalek invasion so i don't know I, I i feel like even even given that okay I, I take your point the doctor is gone 10 months you're not thinking in time travel terms she says she was in space jail I am thinking that you would have a certain amount of sympathy for anyone you cared about if you just found out they'd been in jail for 10 months, right? There's zero of that, too. Yeah, yeah, So well, or less. You know, that that's unless they are thinking about in time travel terms and they're thinking she was in space jail for three days and then hopped out and made a mistake of getting 10 months out. But then, then you know, then that is showing that they are contemplating the possibility that time travel is involved here. And... It just, I don't know. I just, it's just, it's just unimaginatively sloppy writing. I think. It I don't think it's sloppy. Right. I don't think it's sloppy. I I think what it's. I th I think it's a a different take, probably deliberately a different take on the what I think is extremely impactful storytelling in Aliens of London or Aliens of London. Yes, retreading something that's been done, yeah, in a different but it's, way. But but, a, yeah, yeah, because, because what because what you're doing, I mean, obviously in Ali, Aliens in London, the, the time travel thing is fresh to the viewers. We've had very little experience of what, I mean, other than going on jaunts to, you know, the, the end of the world and to Dickensian mm -hmm. Cardiff, we haven't really looked at what the implications and the emotional implications of time travel. And actually, in fairness, the show hadn't really done much of it up to that point. No. So that was a very kind of fresh take. Well, you can't do that again. But what was going on here was obviously the Doctor making, a again, a mistake in terms of when she turns up. Because what she wanted to do was turn up, you know, the next day or whatever. And not necessarily go on about having been in space jail for... 30 years but obviously then it gives it a different dynamic and that's what i mean about those scenes where she is conscious of what she has done unintentionally but also aware that she can't undo it she can't take it back 
and trying to explain it wouldn't actually change anything it wouldn't no i don't think the doctor explaining it would make any difference i i just think that that the reaction of the companions is not is, is oh i see suitable that they, they are the they're I, I, yeah, I don't want the doctor to be virtue signaling as like, oh, you think you had it bad? I was in jail for seven years. No, I'm not I, not that at all. I'm just saying that the companions are absolutely positively inhuman in their reaction to their friend being gone for 10 months in in a situation where they really thought she might yeah, have died. Yeah. They were. Yeah, I can. I, yeah, I can see a tone deaf. I can I can see an element of that. I don't think it's the I don't think it's the kind of major chord in that scene but it yes i can see it's something missing that's that's really was kind of the the bit that's giving i I don't have anything else i i wanted to talk about um about the doctor's roots and and regeneration are you talking about her hair roots yeah yeah okay the doctor (laughs) is is in prison for we don't know exactly how long right with some some decades some decades and so this is interesting from the point of view of the doctor's age as well because she's 2000 and something something at a very minimum she's been there for a while she doesn't look that different because the doctor doesn't age as we know her hair is greasy which i kind of quite appreciate but it raises some important questions and also her roots are showing and that even more confusing for me so one of the questions that came through in my head is when the doctor regenerates he or she already has a pretty neat little haircut yeah never has to shave or anything you know it doesn't regenerate with a, a beard or whatever right so obviously babies are born without hair and or you know more or less and if you're if you're not born in that way but you are or embodied because she's not being born as she but um if you are embodied in the physique of a you know however old gentleman patrick troughton was when he em, when the doctor was embodied as him mm-hmm. then you are t- you are taking on a body with the, the that physical manifestation of age but it's not just the manifestation of age there is also some grooming of well, okay. the body that you find yourself in, you know, your nails have been clipped. They have not. They have not. This this is evolved through mistake now, or or lack of planning. I'm I'm not gonna, you know, the Troughton regeneration or renewal was, as far as we could tell, something done by the TARDIS. So yes. you could kind of believe that the Pertwee one was done by the Time Lords, and they were literally showing him pictures of people with haircuts that they were doing so again we have the feel that it's actually a, a mechanical process that's shaping them it, it wasn't until the tom baker one uh where he regenerated well, even then he naturally the romana one <clears throat> well yeah the romana one comes up comes up next but when when baker regenerated he had pertwee's hair just brown remember the first thing he does is he's he sticks his hand back and he starts schluffing the hair and and it shakes out, but it's kind of styled in Pertwee's look as he's lying there on the. God, I've never noticed that. Here I here I am getting obsessed with hair, and I hadn't noticed that. This is, that, so that's take that's yeah a take fascinating connection. Look at that scene. When we get to the Watcher, you could kind of 
maybe make an argument that the body and everything has been prepared. But again, Colin Baker, Davidson gets the the watcher's hair. Well, no, I'm just saying that there's there was some sort of pre-planning there. So it's like you're you're preparing a a new body. So you could arguably say, like when the Time Lords gave John Pertwee one or gave Troughton the new one, that maybe this process with the Watcher preparing actually had a little time to kind of, you know, decide on a haircut. But I think every subsequent regeneration should be... Yeah, I mean... Maybe Time Lords, some Time Lords have two-tone hair. (laughs) Those aren't her roots, that's her two-tone hair. The the starting point for this was that you regenerate into someone who has already dyed their hair. And that seemed to me impressive. That but actually is, then yeah. when I thought about it, it's not that much more impressive than regenerating into someone who's already had a haircut. Yeah. Don't think so, about the regeneration you know. too hard. It kind of, <laughs> it kind of falls apart. Um, yeah. 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 I, 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 uh, Yeah. I mean, you you can't go there. You you can't go there because you're you're gonna start. Yeah, the whole. Actually, you know something. Your hair argument, the fact that you can regenerate into somebody whose hair has already died, is the single best and only yet that holds up for me argument that the doctor could regenerate from a man to a woman. That it is it is <laughs> it is literally it is I'm literally not, not it is literally not a biological process. It is something else. That involves it imposing is, yeah. one body over another from somebody else. That's, that's as close as it gets. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, her, she's had roots the whole time, right? Has she? I thought so. Because I, I, I didn't even notice it in this episode. I, I've known she's had roots for a while. I just, I couldn't maybe promise that it went way, all the way back to day one. Maybe it's the way she wears it in prison, but. Yeah, it could be more obvious. All I noticed the stringy. The stringy straight she has, hair. Yeah. yeah, she has it sort of swept back over her, her ears instead of hanging down. Yeah, no, I think maybe she has. I think maybe she has. Definitely, at least last year, she definitely had roots. It's a style choice. But yeah, we'd have to go back and look at the woman who fell to earth. No, I think you're, I think you're probably right. I think I just noticed it in that instance. I mean, I guess partly what I was thinking was if she doesn't have any way of dyeing her hair in prison for however you know i mean one decade decade would be enough for most people but then we don't know how fast time lord hair grows well we only indication or the best indication we've got for that is during the course of her incarnation as capaldi it definitely grows in a fairly linear way wait a minute so if we if we knew how long that lasted for we could probably cut it down into a rate Wait a minute, wait a minute. Impossible astronaut day of the moon. What? Oh, he grows a beard. Yeah. How long does that take? I don't remember how long he was prisoned. It was only a few months, wasn't it? Isn't it like 10 mm. months later or something? Maybe Time Lords can actually decide how hairy they get. They can just do it through the power of their mind. Could be. They also want their the hair dying. to grow. They can, they can make an effort and oh, squeeze oh, some hair out. Oh, you have hit... If they oh. don't. But here's the problem. It's the problem with that. Cannot believe we're having this. Okay. <laughs> if the 13th Doctor can materialize with 
dyed hair with roots, which is a style that some people go for, right? So, I mean, that, that could be a style choice. If you can do that, then why didn't she dye it ginger? Good point. <laughs> Been going on about that for at least three or four gener- regenerations here. Got close. Maybe it's just much harder for some reason. Maybe it's <laughs> The dye is a lot harder to synthesize biologically during the process. <laughs> All right. Well, the uh, the neat part about this uh, episode is that not only do I have to, uh, 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 we have to record it very quickly after watching the show because of timeliness, uh, but for our patrons, I have to crank this around in, uh, in an hour or so. So... <laughs> <laughs> And get it out, and uh, everybody else gets it next next Saturday, which is this Saturday for those of you who are listening to it now. Um, <laughs> and, unless you have anything else, or last Saturday for those of you who are listening to it, it's next time, week. Yes, it's time travel. It's time travel podcast style. <laughs> anything else, Simon? Before I sign it off and start cutting. No, that's it. As long as we talked about the roots, I'm happy. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. And listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. <laughs>